If you're lucky, you listen to them talk. They're on their way up and they can't stop. For all things great, I ain't in hard talk. It's Kev Lewin's decent to Sandbox. Since the Sandbox fans, we are back. You've heard our spiel all week, but we're here. First, well, I shouldn't say first because I think we did one preseason. But our first in-season NFL Honors Awards. Going to go down some award, more predictions than anything, who we think will win what. I'm going to start it off because, boy, oh, do we? what do we want to start it off with before I even yeah, start you it can, off? Yeah, you can start it off. I know you want to yeah. start with the MVP. Boy, has my MVP prediction shifted, all right? Was Josh Allen, no longer is. This is a tough one because I think there's two position players that aren't quarterbacks that are very rightfully deserving of this award. So those two are Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor. But being realistic, it is a quarterback-heavy award. It is. So my realistic predictions is either Lamar or, if they can figure it out quick and stay hot, I think Dak will be a pretty good uh, nomination too. I do have Lamar here for my MVP. And where I I hear you when you're saying, you know, Cup and Taylor, the award's never... It, it it just never gone there. And I mean, if if you want to talk about the best football player, then the award would go to different people every single year. Right. Aaron Donald would have won it four times. Mm-hmm. JJ Watt would have won it a couple of times. It's not for the best football player. It's for the most valuable quarterback of probably one of the more winning teams. Mm-hmm. That's why Lamar is going to get it. Lamar does things differently than every other quarterback in the NFL. Um, I do have him here for my MVP. But I will say... I'm only going to give you one name for Offensive Player of the Year. And this is no slight or disrespect to Cooper Cup. But Jonathan Taylor touches that ball a lot more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. And I, I think that's that's why I'm going JT for my Offensive Player of the Year. And realistically, he's going to finish the year as the leading rusher. Uh-huh. Arguably, you know, top five in total touchdowns. Uh-huh. Probably can catch for four or five hundred receiving yards. And yeah, I mean, Cooper Cup, like, this is great, but you needed Matthew Stafford to produce like this. And uh-huh. I'm not saying that that's a knock, but mm-hmm. let's just keep that in mind. Jonathan Taylor didn't need anybody to do this. Yeah. No, I guess so. I got them both. Like I said, I, I had them both in my MVP, but being realistic, I gave it to the quarterbacks. But for all the player of the year, these are the two guys I have. I'm with you. I'm definitely leaning more towards Taylor. Um, just because the running back position, like you said, there's a lot more workload that needs to be done on your end. So definitely lean in Jonathan Taylor for that one. So we could take this to defensive player of the year now. And mm-hmm. Kev, you never talk about defense, so mm-hmm. I- I'm interested to hear what you have to say. And I think the obvious choice or the the common fan choice would be Trayvon Diggs. But let's look at what that defense kind of came to be over the past couple weeks. Yeah, he got he got one interception still. Like, that's cool. Um, but I think sacks are a little bit more impacting rather than interceptions. And I'm going to tell you why an interception can happen for many different reasons. We've seen a couple of Trayvon Diggs interceptions happen off deflections. We've seen them happen off of bad throws sacks. I mean, you just have to be bigger, badder, stronger than the dude and then tackle somebody uh-huh. while they, they have their eyes down the field. Miles Garrett has 13 sacks. I'm sure when he finishes the year, he'll be a lot closer to 20. I think Miles Garrett's going to be our defensive player of the year this year. I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this is a tough one. I mean, this I feel like, and again, maybe I'm wrong. I feel like 
this season specifically, there's no real runaway train for no. the defensive player of the year. Whereas in years before, you know, it was clearly Garrett. It was clearly Aaron Donald. You know, guys like that that were just clear cut. But this year, I mean, there's a few guys you could name. I mean, even though he's a rookie, like Micah Parsons is making a, a real push for that award too. Mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, he's in the realistic running for it, but definitely a name that gets tossed in there. But a name you mentioned that I do have as my defensive player of the year, of course, I always find a way to relate it back to Buffalo, <laughs> man. You know what it is. But I got Stephon Diggs' brother, Trayvon. Oh, I mean, snap. he's on pace to break the interceptions award, not saying he's going to or not. And um, I think especially for Dallas, where they've had such, you know, bad luck with their secondary, especially as, you know, the last five or six seasons or so, I really think he is a bright spot. It's just weird with him because I don't think – you know, yeah, he leads the league in interceptions and all that. Definitely don't think he's the best he's defensive not back down. in the league. And you know he's definitely, I mean? yeah, he's definitely not locked down. Like, he makes a lot of mistakes. I was watching that Chiefs game yesterday. A lot of blown coverages on his end. I'm but at the think- end of the day, I mean, interceptions are still valuable. Especially, no, like you said, for for a defense like Dallas that isn't used to having that many takeaways in such a short period of time. Definitely think he's in the running for uh, Defensive Player of the Year. No, absolutely. And, and I'm not taking any, anything away from Trayvon Diggs. I mean, his seven seven games with seven straight interceptions, I mean, that's absolutely impressive, especially coming from a Dallas defense. And if you guys recall, I mean, I was huge on Trayvon Diggs all throughout the draft process. I wanted the Giants to get him. They didn't. Uh, Trayvon Diggs fell, and they got him in a great spot. So that's great value, but... I still think he needs to take steps to be a little bit more of that lockdown kind of nature that that you would like to see from the cornerback position. There are still cornerbacks I would take above Trayvon Diggs. Let's go to rookies. And Kev, you just talked about Micah Parsons, and he Mm -hmm. is my favorite for defensive rookie of the year. But I do want to share, because I'm assuming you're going to say Micah Parsons as well. I do want to share that Aziz Ojolari... Giants' second-round pick from Georgia is creeping behind Micah Parsons. So, I don't think he'll take it from him. But I will say it's nice to know that that we can finally draft a defensive guy that can get <laughs> after the passer. So, just keep a name, keep a tab on, on Aziz Ojolari. If, you have a, if you're watching the Giants game tonight, that's for sure. Um, hopefully, he can go sack Brady. But let's go to Rookie Offensive Player of the Year. And I'm really interested to see what you have to say, Kev, because we know you're a fan of a couple of different fan bases. Mm-hmm. So are you gonna are you gonna side with your fantasy team or, or with one of your five? So I got three names here. It's kind of a bailout. Just too too close <laughs> to call right now, and I'll tell you why I got three names. First one's Jamal Chase. Think he was the early runaway for the award. Definitely think he died off a little bit. Second is Najee Harris. Third is obviously Mac Jones. Think Jamal Chase had the best you know, rookie campaign as far as the first five or six weeks are concerned. Think Najee Harris is just flat out the best out of the three of them. And I think Mac Jones is the most valuable to his team. So it's going to be tough to see. If I, had a, if I had a pick at this very moment, I think, and it hurts me to say this, I think I would go with Mac Jones just because of the value he, value he brings to his team. Yeah. Because realistically, if... All three of these guys played bad or didn't have as good of rookie seasons as they're having. The spotlight would be the most on Mac Jones just because he's the quarterback. It's the New England Patriots and all that. But they're first in the division. If they win 10-plus games, you know, with the roster they have, 
it's tough to see Mac Jones not getting this award. It really is. It's important to see in in the way that that this all happens too, because we talked. You just mentioned how Chase had crazy first six weeks of the season. First six weeks, Mac Jones Mac Jones went two and four. So it's it. it I know like a, a lot of the award is based on on momentum and where things are trending and things of that nature. But I do also know, especially when they're talking for rookies, that they put a big value on the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. So if if I was to give you an answer that wasn't Mac Jones, I'd be staring you in the wrong direction in the wrong direction since the sandbox fans. Now, I do agree. Chase and Najee are probably better playmakers than Mac Jones is a bet is a quarterback. Great. But wins matter, statistics matter. And Mac Jones is getting it done. He's not creating any sort of narrative to say, oh, Mac didn't do this or he can't do this. Once the pads get him some help, then that's when you could say, oh, Mac, you have this wide receiver. You have this offensive line. Mm -hmm. You have this running back. Right now, it's it's all patchwork with the pads, and that's why it's so impressive. Yeah. Because... I don't want to say people didn't expect 10 wins because people probably expected 10, win- 10 wins from the Pats. But some of the way they're winning these games, some of the way that he's playing during these games, it's impressive. It's important. So I do have Mac Jones here. We have two more awards that we're going to talk about. Coach of the Year and Comeback Player of the Year. And first, I'm going to start off with the Comeback Player of the Year. Save the coaches for last. And I think that this is another award... Once again, it's the NFL. It's between two quarterbacks. And, Kev, I'm sure you're going to say a quarterback, but I'm going to say a Mm -hmm. quarterback that's probably not who you're going to say. And Mm -hmm. I think that this is the comeback player of the year is going to be between Joe Burrow and Carson Wentz. And I'm sure that you're going to, like I said, you're going to probably say a different quarterback name, and that's fine. But I would probably say that the value to their team might be a little bit more than I'm going to assume that you're going to say Dak Prescott. Yep. Carson Wentz, I mean, talk about a career turnaround altogether. I mean, you're talking about a guy who wasn't who wasn't playing for a horrible Eagles team last year. He got sat to to for for what? Jalen Hurts? Mm-hmm. And and the Eagles weren't sure of Jalen Hurts and now they're still a losing franchise and Carson Wentz is playing winning football and regardless if the stats show He's doing what he has to do. And the Colts probably failed that they won that trade. On the other hand, in my argument, Joe Burrow, starting off 5-3. and three. I mean, playing as well as you were. I mean, you defeated some of the biggest teams and overcame one of the most gruesome injuries in, in the NFL altogether. And, and turned around a horrible franchise, nonetheless. It, yeah, it turned around a horrible franchise. And, and what I have to say about him the most that I don't want to say I admire, but I kind of look up to is that no matter how many times he probably gets told not to run around, not to give the extra effort, live for another set of downs, he's always doing that. Now, Uh do I think his career can become shortened because of that? Yeah, I do. But if you were to tell me on the flag football field, if you were to tell me on the baseball or softball field to not take it 100%, it's just I'm just not gonna listen. To yeah, that. I'm just I'm just not gonna listen yeah. to that because that's just not who I am. And yeah. Joe Burrow's the same way. And I I would expect nothing less. And if he's gonna keep playing that way, then I would expect Joe Burrow to be very close for this award. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. So like you said, I, I'm gonna say Dak. Um, I mean, really, all three of these guys are, are pretty deserving. I think 
just with Dak playing at the MVP level he was playing at last year and then su- suffering such a bad injury, I really think I, I just got to tip my cap off to him. But then again, that was nasty. you know, it, it's tough to say because out of the, out of the three guys we're talking about, I definitely do think Dak has the best support system when it comes to organization, when it comes to talent around him. So I think it was a lot easier for him to come back and ease into it. But like I said, any of these guys deserving, I'm just going to lock Dak in just for the sheer fact that they'll probably be a top team in the NFC come the end of the year. And and that just, you know, is pretty much the only reason. But I'll jump in with Coach of the Year because I have do. a pretty interesting one. As much of a Bills fan I am, got Billy B as the Coach of the Year. I mean, you can argue the hardballs of the world. You know, you can argue whoever else you want, but... What Bill's doing right now with a rookie quarterback who has no sort of star power whatsoever in his offense. It's crazy. It's, it really is remarkable. And listen, not to knock Brady, what Brady did was unreal. Switching teams, winning it, it, you know, the first year with a new organization. But what Bill's doing is just so much more impressive in my eyes because really? Brady, and again, not knocking Brady, but Brady went from a team that was going nowhere to a team that was literally Tom Brady away from winning a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, all the pieces were in Tampa Bay when he went there. I mean, besides, if you want to argue, Antonio Brown and Gronk. But the core guys were there, you know, and Brady just helped them excel. But Bill Belichick, I mean, he's doing this from nothing. You know, he had he wasn't even sure if Mac Jones was going to be the starting quarterback this year. Remember, like, before they got rid of Cam Newton, they weren't even sure. And now, you know... Unless he, he knew the whole time. Unless he knew. <laughs> but at least, you know, for the sake of the media, like, no one knew who was starting come week one until the week before. You know what I'm saying? And for him to be doing this, like I said, with a rookie quarterback. And you can just see just how much Mac's grown from playing under Bill. You know what I mean? Like, I love Mac. I think he's great. Do I think he'd be having as good of a season on any other organization? I really no. don't think so. I think this is just something that Bill B does with young quarterbacks. And yeah. we've seen it time and time again. And for that, I just got to give him coach of the year. I mean, even if they don't end up winning the division, if they get 10 wins, I'm giving him coach of the year no matter what. Yeah, and Kevin, listen, I I do have Bill Belichick down here as well. I do have a second name. So since you said Belichick, I'm not going to further the argument on what you said. I will argue the the other side of that. And it is hardball. Mm -hmm. And I know we show a lot of Ravens love here. And that's not because Uncle Tony does our intro. It's not because he's my cousin. It's not because we have friends of the show. I mean, what the Ravens really do is impressive. And if you were to tell me the Ravens would still be this run-oriented, this run-dominant after losing not only a top 10 back in the NFL in J.K. Dobbins, but Gus Edwards as well. I mean, I know people still categorize Lamar as a running back. But that, can you get, can you lose that? Can you? it's no longer, you know, a viable argument. This dude has came back from down two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And Jim Harbaugh has still found ways to make it work. And I know that could be great quarterback play. I know that could be great coaching. But when it goes hand in hand and it works, and the Ravens are probably considered, probably considered the top dog in the AFC right now, mm-hmm. I would probably say. Now with um, the Titans losing, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. How could you not? And Harbaugh, he created such a unique culture to complement the Ravens organization that already had such a great culture. And the Ravens are one of the standstills as as a top organization in the NFL. You know, you got the Ravens, you got the Patriots, you got the Green Bays, you got the Steelers. And we're just talking about teams that are consistently competitive. The Chiefs, I mean, 
these teams have all made the playoffs probably seven out of the past 10, de- 10 years. You know what I mean? That's that's tremendous. And regardless of how you feel about it, those guys deserve their credit too. But guys, that's going to wrap things up for our NFL Honors predictions. We will see you guys all very soon. Enjoy your holiday and leave us that five-star review. You know the deal, guys.